Our kids are in the bed, so we lit. Be advised. Hey y'all, I'm Jen. I'm from Oakland, and I'm a queer, black, feminist scholar. This is Darren, hailing from the mean streets of Anaheim. I'm an introvert, a novelist, and a nerd. We're early 30-somethings with three kids and over a decade of marriage. This is a podcast about the realities of blackness and adult life. We do adult differently. This is That Black Couple. Greetings. This is Jen. And this is Darren. And this is episode four of That Black Couple. You can grab your vegan juice, the juice that the vegans drink. What is vegan juice? I don't know. V8? I just know that the vegans are very particular about what they put in their bodies, and I'm assuming they have juice. Okay. I'm sure there's some juices that have animal byproducts. Well, you know, they probably, well, okay. I mean, I'm not saying that there's like steak juice and meat juice and they don't drink those. I'm just saying that there's probably a vegan or one that they do drink. Like organic from their own soil in their backyard? Something like that. Okay. So grab your vegan juice for all my vegan friends, all two of them. Don't look at me like that. (laughs) Have a seat. We're talking about the pretty pregnancy phenomenon and the unrealistic expectations placed on black and pregnant people. So this is this is not a heavy episode. We've had heavy episodes, but we are talking about some real shit. Yeah, and it, it might lean a little graphic. No, I don't think so. How would you describe that? It's not graphic. It's very real. It's real. There you go. So we're going to have a very real conversation about pregnancy and our bodies and how a lot of the shit that people expect of pregnant people is based in misogyny. I think that's a very straightforward thing. Yeah, straightforward. Okay. So in the first segment on First Things First, we'll give you some background on why we're talking about this topic at all. And hint, hint, it has to do with Serena and Beyonce because of course it does. And during the conversation, we'll go a little bit deeper. We'll actually talk about some statistics about pregnancy. Darren will actually cover that. And we'll give you some background on why we're concerned about pregnancy and the way we take pregnant bodies for granted in this country and abroad. And then the reflection, I'm actually going to talk about some stuff that happened to me during my three pregnancies. Well, technically I had four pregnancies. Yeah, you had four. But my three healthy pregnancies and what it meant for me as a pregnant person. Want to get started? Lego. Lego. All right. So background. Oh, by the way, it's my birthday. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. You know what? I just realized you didn't you didn't get one of those today. No one's saying that to me the whole time. How did see that's not a good sign. Am I black? Oh, but see you got one. The day's not out. Oh technically one. I got one, so I am yeah, still black. You're good. You're covered. Okay, good. So it's my birthday. Last week Serena had a baby. Serena Williams. Um and there's some articles out there that I've written. I wrote something for The Root, something for Bitch Magazine, talking about Serena Williams' pregnancy and how there was this kind of un welcomed voyeurism into her body and the ways that she has been watched throughout her career, but in particular when she became pregnant. And I compared Serena to Beyonce. 
with Beyonce's first pregnancy, you know, with Blue Ivy, there was the question, was she ever pregnant? Right. Right. (laughs) And then she had the baby and then all these kind of, you know, rumors swirling around about how she got the child, which is another way that people deny specifically black women access to their own bodies and their own families and deny her rights of motherhood. But then she has Sir and Rumi. Sir and Rumi were born June 13th at 5.13 a.m. And everyone was waiting for these twins, right? So we're all excited about these twins. I was even excited about these twins. Beyonce, a month later, posts on Instagram a picture of herself on July 14th, dressed in this like blue bikini underwear, blue veil, floral, somewhat of a dress. Like it was kind of a dress. I heard people saying that they think Blue Ivy designed the whole thing. And you know what? But if she did, then the child is brilliant. I, I mean, give it to her. Because it was stunning. So she's in this like ethereal looking like robe train dress ensemble thing that shows that she has a completely flat stomach already and like gorgeous legs with no cellulite. Right. So she does this. And then all these people flock to the Internet to trash her for it. Right. So they're like, oh, it's so early. It's only a month. Should she have the babies? <laughs> Stupid shit. Oh, look how she's holding the babies. She's not cradling them properly. Child. Or, oh, well, she has 7,000 nannies and $400 million. And so she can do whatever she wants. Then I'm like, oh, so listen. So listen. Her first child, y'all said she never carried the child. Mm-hmm. Right. So she didn't even get the access to her own body and the right to actually claim that that was her actual baby from her actual womb. After going through a whole pregnancy, who knows what type of mess she went through in her body having to carry that baby. Right. And we know that she miscarried. Right. Before that. Right. Right. So they're just trying to steal her joy. Right. So then, so then she has birth, gives birth to twins, 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 twins. Okay. And another thing. Can you imagine the amount of stress Child. when you're Beyonce Listen. and you're carrying twins? Twins. Twins, right? So then she gives she gives birth to twins. By the way, she shows us the pregnancy the whole time to say, look, bitches, look, bitches, look, bitches. I'm pregnant, right? Which she didn't have to do, but nope. she did. Then she gives y'all a, a blessing. This is a blessing to me. A free picture on Instagram? Yeah, she could have sold that she for who knows how many millions. of dollars. She gives it for free on Instagram. And b- bitches is mad, right? So I'm sitting here like, okay, you know what? It irritates me. But the topic today, we're talking about this whole pretty pregnancy phenomenon and also the ways that black and pregnant people, and again, not on the gender binary, since not only women can be pregnant, we're talking about all people with uteruses, but I do want to couch this in the conversation that typically the animus that is felt toward people who are pregnant is based in misogyny because yep. pregnancy is still seen as a woman's issue, right? And so I want to talk about the ways that if you think about like Serena and Beyonce being black women and being pregnant in in public and in the limelight, how they're often like denied access to their bodies, right? But at the same time, like hyper surveilled. In one respect, it's like they don't, they're not allowed to be mothers. They're not allowed to be like pregnant. 
But at the same time, we wanted to know all the fucking details. We wanted to know everything about it. It's not real unless we verify it. You know, it's like this idea that somehow we have some type of stake. Well, and it's funny because I think every time there's like a celebrity pregnancy and the baby's coming, then the news looks are always like, okay, here's here's their birthing plan. They're at Cedar Sinai and they're going to get helicoptered in and they have a whole wing of the hospital that's secured just for them. And it's like, why do we need to know that? We don't. Let the, let them have their moment. I mean, that, that's a really precious, special, once in a lifetime moment, and we're just trying to all be in it with them, right? And I think that I think that when it comes to black and pregnant people, black and pregnant women like Serena and Beyonce, it's not even just that people feel like they want to be there; they feel like they're supposed to be there, like they have a right. And when I say right. people, I'm also thinking about specifically about like racial lines, right? Thinking about how a lot of the the criticism I saw about Beyonce and Serena, to be honest, were white people. They were white people calling Serena a narcissist, <laughs> right? A narcissist for thinking that she could take those those pictures of herself and when she's pregnant and walking the red carpet, calling Beyonce a narcissist. Oh, you take these pictures of yourself after you. Like, okay, so if they walk outside in their actual human bodies with their actual pregnancies and take pictures of themselves looking like actual people. Mm-hmm. Who they actually are. They're narcissists, right? But, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow is basic, like the most basic of basic looking people. And, you know, we have to follow every single one of her pregnancies. Like, for why? For 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 what reason? Like, and and she but she at the same time doesn't get that amount of people just intruding right in her person. Victoria Beckham. I feel like every yeah. time she got pregnant, we were just sitting there like I'm like, why is she on the cover of every damn man? I don't even care. I legit don't And the, they're getting the, paid for those pictures. The princess, I don't even know her name, Kate. Kate Middleton. Kate yeah. Middleton is pregnant again. Okay, girl. Oh, I didn't even know. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you didn't even know. <laughs> You didn't even know. Right. But I'm telling you, but let Beyonce like let Beyonce have a fleckle of a thought of getting pregnant. You know what I'm saying? Let let her have an in and out burger. Child. And this is is pregnancy. What is she feeding her what is she feeding her children? She's probably pregnant. Oh, she went out tonight and she had didn't have a glass of wine. Someone offered her wine and she wouldn't drink it. Is she pregnant? And it's just like, but then if she is, y'all gonna say she you gonna say she's not? You're gonna say she's not carrying a child, or you're gonna say if she is carrying a child, she's not a good mother, or you're gonna say if she's a good mother that she's a narcissist, or she's it's, it's just like and so I feel like there's a, but but what happens also is like then it puts pressure on people like I think about Beyonce I think the reaction that she had and this is her reaction she she can own it it's it's, it's her it's her life but her reaction was then to do as you saw like toward the end of the pregnancy to have all these images of herself where she's like stepping out very pregnant taking pictures of herself makeup done like looking fly like looking like gorgeous or whatever yep and to prove like hey I'm still out in these streets I might be like a zillion months pregnant and I have two babies in here or whatever, but I'm still Beyonce. And I think that that's legit. Like, I think that's legit. But I also like feel a type of way about that. Like, I feel a type of way about the fact that in order for her to have full access and ownership of her body during a time that should be sacred and should be her own and should be what she shares with her family and her significant other, she still has to, in a way, perform pregnancy on a specific set of terms for this audience that is kind of unwelcome voyeurs yeah. into her body and into her life. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I agree with you. I think it was a lot of her kind of taking control of the situation. And and, her, and I think that's kind of been what Beyonce has been going through for a while now and understanding that 
it doesn't matter what she does. It doesn't matter if she says nothing, if she, there's no pictures of her, if she doesn't even have an Instagram page, or if she puts her whole life, every single moment on the internet for everyone to see. It doesn't matter. It's not going to change how people treat her and what they do. And so I think I agree with you in that she said, you know what? I'm just going to do me and do what I want to do and be happy and just live with it. And y'all just gonna have to deal. But I, I also kind of am with you on this idea of it's kind of sad that she had to do that. And it's kind of sad. I, I, I can't I can't even conceptualize what that does to someone. Obviously, I watched you through your pregnancies and, yeah. and the things you had to deal with while being pregnant and that stuff internally, emotionally, physically, and then also in dealing with other people and how other people treated you. And I can't imagine what that what it does when you're a pregnant celebrity like Beyonce, where you have all those eyes on you and all that pressure at all the time. And it's just like, I mean, when, you, when, when you're pregnant, you feel, I mean, I mean, I've never been pregnant. No, you've never been pregnant. <laughs> I've never. <laughs> but from what you have told me, I mean, your, your body is going through so many changes and you're feeling, you know, your moods are up and down. You got all these hormones and stuff raging through your body from, from moment to, one moment to the next. You're feeling differently. And, you know, Beyonce's out here, you know, in these streets and parties, you know, having to smile and having to, you know, look beat and having to having to still hold up the veneer of of her name. And I don't it just feels wrong. I agree. You know, I, I understand with celebrities a lot of time, you know, we we kind of don't treat them as if they're people. We treat them as if they're like objects or, or things for us to consume. But I feel like it's that's automatically wrong to start with. But then especially when it's a celebrity who is who is carrying a child. That just feels especially incorrect. I agree. And I think to some degree, then it redounds to how we think about pregnancy in general, right? So part of the reason why this is an issue when we think about Serena and Beyonce is because of the way we think about pregnancy. Yeah. And I think that as long as people continue to see pregnancy as a women's issue, a women's problem, not as a medical condition, right? Which it is. Which it is. And don't see that it's not really like this moment where you're inviting the community and like strangers into your body and into your life. I feel like we're going to continue to see these types of issues happen, especially for, in my opinion, especially for like black women, like folks who are pregnant, who are read as women. And I think that's, again, that's a long history, right? We know the history of obstetrics and gynecology in this country and how black women's bodies were used as the primary subjects for medical science to understand, you know, basic kind of anatomy of, of reproduction and how a lot of that was done on enslaved black women, how right. a lot of that was done on women who really did not have the ability to consent or not consent, women who were incarcerated, you know? And so... Thinking about that history and that relationship and that proximity of Black women's bodies to medical science and Western medicine, and then seeing someone like Beyonce still kind of really being victimized by that narrative, right? Being being victimized in many ways by that history is very disconcerting, right? Yeah. It's very disconcerting. And I think a lot of times people don't really want to grapple with that history. Like people don't want to grapple with the fact that our kind of obsession with 
making people believe that even during pregnancy, you're supposed to look a certain way and you're supposed to wear high heels every day and you're supposed to step outside and be perfect and and put together and all, all that stuff. Nobody, people don't really want to talk about the fact that that's still wrapped up in sexism and misogyny and in, in many cases, misogynoir against yep. black women, right? People also don't want to talk about that this idea that, that even after you have children, right? Even after you give birth to children, that the idea that you're supposed to just get yourself back together and just go back to back. work in like, you know, four to six weeks or whatever it is, you know, like that, that is ridiculous. Like, like that, that's another one of those ways that like the state codifies sexism and misogyny. The state says that, yes, you squeeze an entire whole person out of your body. And a month later, you have to come back and do all the same shit you did before. At the same level. At the same, same level. Nothing changed. That's fucking ridiculous. Like, nothing about that makes sense. No. In a month and a half, I'm supposed to be able to perform at the exact same level I did before I squeezed out a whole ass person. A whole human being came out of my body. I mean, people people aren't even all the way healed from the birthing process that quickly. Listen, so much stuff comes out of your body after them people come out. Mm. The little person comes out and a whole bunch of other shit comes out for weeks. And you just be sitting there like, what is this? Am I dying? You don't know. I mean, legit, there were times after I had these kids where I'm just like, wow, how much blood can I lose? (laughs) Like, how much do I have in there? You know, you start Googling Mm -hmm. and shit like WebMD. How many pounds of pints of blood can I lose in a day before I die? And they, and they don't tell you about that. They when don't. You, when, you, when you're trying to get pregnant or when you are pregnant. They, don't, they wait until after you. that baby comes and they hand you a bag. And it's like, are these diapers? And they're like, no, those are for you. <laughs> you're like, what, girl? <laughs> girl, what? No, those are for you. I'm like, child. So, I mean, here, here, here. We're going to get into that in the conversation. Yeah. But just as a primer, I think what this is really about is the fact that we need to be having more honest conversations about pregnancy as a medical condition. Yeah. We need to be having more honest conversations about what pregnancy does to the body and how we all, including people who, you know, have no intention of ever getting pregnant or people who, you know, do not have the ability to get pregnant or, you know, people who identify as male and do not have a uterus or people who identify as male and do have uterus. We need to have all the conversations. Right. We need to have all the conversations and they can't always redound to like, oh, pregnancy. That's a woman problem. Oh, you pregnant? Well, get back to work or you had a baby. Move on. Like, that's where I get frustrated. We want to paint pregnancy as, oh, the pregnancy photo where, you know, the parents are making a heart symbol over the stomach or like Beyonce, like she's out and she, you know, she's dressed to the nines and she's, you know, makeup up nice. And the other one that got me when we were getting ready for this episode, I was thinking about it and I thought about when Ciara had that video. Mm-hmm. When she she was dancing around our house and she was jumping up on couches. Listen, and it's honey. Like, here's, we, we know every pregnancy is different. Some people can do that. Some people can't. But no, we, one person can yeah, do may, that. Maybe one. And that's Ciara. One or two. <laughs> but we want to paint a picture like. That's all pregnancy is. It's all fun and, and jumping and laughing and singing and, you know, taking pretty pictures and act like there's not like a whole other difficult, painful struggle that goes on at the same time. Right. Absolutely. And I, I applaud Ciara because I watched that video maybe nine eleven times. I did. I watched it over and over again. First of it's all, amazing. first of all, she fine as hell. 
So that was the main reason to watch it. But second of all, she legit was very pregnant and was just rolling around and jumping over things. And I mean, it was, that was, that was fantastic. Now me during pregnancy, uh, I could barely get my ass up off the couch. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. But I mean, you gotta do you, but that's the thing. That's why I think it's important to have that conversation. And I think that's the thing I'm, I really want to push back against this idea that pregnancy is something that we can talk about in very like set terms that we can just subjectively say this is what pregnancy is for any and all bodies right and that women you know women should be pregnant in this way or that way Now it's time for the conversation. So let's get into the issues. Let's talk about pregnancy in some very real terms and talk about the very real risks that are associated with with pregnancies and child rearing. Right. So we don't usually start out with like actual real like facts and figures. No. But I think this is one case where I think it fits really well. Yeah. So I I did a little bit of research and, and we've seen this in the news talking about the actual risk of death associated with with pregnancy and with childbirthing. Mm -hmm. And so the research that I did, I looked it up and in America, women are actually more likely to die from childbirth in America than any other developed country in the world. People with uteruses. Right. People with uteruses, which I think is already problematic. I mean, people always talk about America and how we're, you know, the shining beacon on the hill. Right. We're the greatest and we, you know, there's nothing we can't do, but somehow Somehow, during childbirth, more of us are dying than in other developed countries. Right. Right. So, that's number one. That's a big problem. But when you look into the numbers a little bit deeper, we find that that the rates are actually worse for black women. They're the main ones that are contributing to the higher mortality rates due to pregnancy. Right. And so, when when you look at the actual numbers, black moms across the U.S. are three and a half times more likely to die in childbirth than white mothers. Wow. I mean, that's that's a huge, margin. huge margin, especially when you think about actual volumes of people and how many more white people are in America than mm. black people. That's I mean, <laughs> right. that's really, really troubling. And so when you look when you look at the actual trend, too. So in 2007, 34 percent of the the deaths that were that were attributed to childbirth were for black women. Hmm. That jumped up to forty two point eight percent in two thousand eleven. My gosh! So somehow, somehow we're doing a worse job of taking care of of black women as they're, as they're carrying ch- children and as they're bringing them into the world. Right. Somehow we are doing a worse job of caring for them and actually making sure that they're healthy and safe. Somehow, and, and I, mean, I mean that's the other thing, right? So I talked about how big how big the growth was for for black women. Right. White women they grew from eleven point eight percent to twelve point five percent. Wow. So I mean that I mean it, they also grew, which once again is, is still concerning. Right. Like we we want to see these numbers go down as medical care gets better and we right. have a better understanding of people and their bodies and how they work. But somehow white Americans only eke up a little bit. Somehow right. black Americans jump. Right. Right. And I think I think that really goes to number one how we actually care for Black people in the in America and how important they are, and it also shows that 
we need to look at pregnancy for what it is as a medical condition. Exactly. And we need to treat it as such because it is important and it is something that carries a very high risk factor. Right. I.e. death. Right. Exactly. I'm like, I think that's my concern is like when I see the conversation around pregnancy and it takes this kind of really like light note, like, oh, you know, it's just, you're just carrying twins. No big deal. Like, what, girl? No, that's a huge deal. A lot of twin pregnancies don't even make it full term. A lot of times, you know, not both of the babies don't actually survive. Carrying multiple babies to term? Okay, listen. Carrying one baby to term is a miracle. Yes. Carrying two babies to term is like, okay, we have now seen pigs fly. And like, and people take it for granted because a lot of people who are pregnant, people with uteruses, make that shit happen every day. And so, and they make it look like it's not hard or people just don't actually care about how hard it actually is. And that's where I'm just like, we have to stop. I mean, I was, and I was talking to you about this before. I feel like it reminds me of like when someone has a broken arm or a broken leg and they have a cast on. And I remember growing up, I really wanted it. I really wanted a cast. I remember telling my oh, mom, yeah. I remember telling my mom, I think this was braces too. I, I said, mom, I really want braces. And she was like, what? And I was like, I really want braces. And she was like, but you have straight teeth. And I'm like, yes, but I want braces, right? Because to me, braces just looked cool. I wasn't thinking about the rubber bands and the tightenings and the pain and the this and that. I just thought that they looked really, really cool. And I was like, wow, braces look like fun. Same thing with a cast. Like, you know, people will get these like mangled arms and legs and broken Mm -hmm. wrists and like all these gangly bone structure things. But then they would get this cast and it's like, oh, you have a cast. We can all sign it. <laughs> you draw pictures on you it. You draw pictures on it. and But meanwhile, they're like sticking stuff in there to scratch their stinky, funky arms and people getting maggots and all type of nastiness you, in there. I've, I've had a cast and it, that is not a fun experience. It's not all. fun. It's not fun. But, but, but what do we think about? We just think about the cast. We think about how pretty and fun and cool it is to have a cast. We don't think about the person. We don't think about the person. We don't think about the mangled body part that's in there trying to heal. We don't think about all the various doctor appointments that are entailing and having to go to to get this cast taken care of and taken off and put back on. And like we don't think about all the risks associated. You know, we don't think about any of that stuff. And I feel like we do that a lot when it comes to certain disabilities and medical conditions. And pregnancy is one of to me is one of the prime prime examples it's a prime example of the ways that we get so excited about the look the look of a pregnant woman and like oh let's go to the maternity ward and put on cute clothes and let's watch this movie and all the movies have pregnancy all fucked up you know all Mm -hmm. the movies make pregnancy look like it's so fun and like everyone's dancing around and like everyone's having sex in month nine and like Everyone has a baby through their water breaking because, you know, that's how we all have babies, right? Like, nobody has actual real contractions and, you know, they're all happy up until the moment the water breaks and, like, nobody has, like, swollen ankles and, you know, they're all skinny except for their stomach, you know, like, shit like that. And I feel like, I feel like when we really think about pregnancy and this kind of obsession with pregnancy as, like, something that's, like, fun and cute and about being pretty then we glance, we glaze over the fact that a lot of pregnant women vomit their way through the whole process. A lot of people with right. uteruses can barely get through the pregnancy and be able to eat. You know, I know for me, I couldn't eat until like week 16, 
to 20 in all three of my pregnancies. So I lost like 25 pounds in each one of my pregnancies. Right. And that's agonizing. I mean, I literally was eating like white rice and cantaloupe. You wanted to eat. I really wanted to. I didn't like throwing up all my food, but it just wasn't going to happen. Right. And, you know, and I'll, you know I'll, I'll share the link where I got those stats from. But like, so the, the rate, like I was talking about, the rate of black women dying, it's 40 per 100,000 black women are dying. And hmm. basically in childbirth or, or near after childbirth. And you think, oh, you know, a lot of people when when they think about stats, they go, oh, well, that's only that's only so many, that's so little, yeah. you know, that's expected, it's not that high, but we're talking about the like the extreme case of people dying, right? We're not we're not even accounting for all the other stuff right before dying, right? All, all the disabilities, all the right. all the the traumas, all the other things that that can happen to you, right? From pregnancy, right? And so, like like you're saying, like we want we want to look at people and and see it for for what's pretty and see it for how it shows up in the movies, mm-hmm. and we don't want to look at it and have a real conversation for what pregnancy is and what right. people actually experience and go through and how they have to deal with that, not just. In the the nine ten months of pregnancy, but also the first month, the first three months, the first six months, right. the first year after having a child, right. and how your body is still dealing still with that it. pregnancy. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that's my big issue too because I I see that I see our lack of ability to have the conversation about pregnancy in a, in, a, in real terms. I see that as linked to the mortality rates, right? So I see it as like, for instance, with me. I had no idea what I was doing when I got pregnant. I didn't know about any like plugs coming out of me. That was a shocker. That plug thing happened. You screamed so loud. And I was terrified. And y'all can Google it. Y'all can Google the plug. It'll, it'll come up on the internet. Hit the Googles. But, you know, that happened in my first my first pregnancy. My second pregnancy after the miscarriage. But my first full-term pregnancy. And had no idea what that was. I didn't know what was happening to my body. And a lot of times that stuff comes from, I just didn't have anyone really to talk to about that stuff who actually knew what was going on, who could answer that stuff in in clear terms, right? And also, I think that because we see pregnancy as like, oh, it's just cute, it's just fun or whatever, people don't feel the need to share those things with you. They don't feel the need to like explain that stuff. And you have young mothers, young people who, you know, with uteruses who who are doing this for the first time, especially if they're black who may not even have as much access to uh, medical care. And if they do, may have a distrust in that medical care because right. why Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? I mean, I've always had violent and uncomfortable experiences with Western medicine. I still to this day go to the doctor and if it's a, a white med- a medical practitioner, I come out of there feeling exploited and invasively like molested in some way. You know, I still come yeah. out of, to this very day like, Wow. Someone touched me in a way that I did not like. Someone did something to my body in a way I I did not consent to. So if you're a young mother, you're a young black mother, you know, and you're pregnant, you're a young black person with a uterus and you're pregnant and you now have to interact with Western medicine for this pregnancy, unwanted or wanted, whatever it might be. And it's like, like, what am I going to do? Right. And I feel like we're not, we're not having these conversations and we're so obsessed with the way that pregnancy looks that we're not looking at the logistics and the process of being pregnant. And that frustrates me because the people are dying and we're like concerned that they have on lipstick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're like concerned about the Instagram photo. And I'd be remiss if I didn't bring, you know, 
men into this conversation. Mm-hmm. So as a man who has watched you go through so many pregnancies and seen what it can do to your body and, and heard about how it makes you feel and how all the different ways that pregnancy can affect you and how no pregnancy is the same. Mm-hmm. I can't help but think about all the men and how they treat pregnancy as if it's just, oh, well, yep, she got a baby and now she wants to eat a lot. Or now she wants to put her feet up and now she's asking me, asking me to do more and contribute <laughs> more to the family. Right. And it's just, it really goes to that pretty pregnancy idea of, I, I think about like the 1950s housewife, mm-hmm. how she's up and she's getting the kids ready for bed and she's got a hot cooked dinner waiting for everyone once they walk in the door from school and from work. And, you know, she has everything together. And no matter if she's pregnant or if she has 10 kids or whatever it is, she's got it all together and she can run everything. Mm -hmm. And she's superwoman and she does it all with a smile with her hair done. And she has heels on the whole time. Right. But there's this ideal of, oh, well, it's just a little pregnancy. Like, what does that even mean? And and this almost like people put blinders on, like they actually don't really even want to know everything that goes into it. Like they don't want to have the conversations of medically what's going on or, or how it actually makes you feel and how sometimes you really are just literally so fatigued where you can't get up mm-hmm. or, or how people's ankles get swollen and actually walking is painful mm-hmm. or how you have a baby inside of your body that is moving and that baby's head can go in a lot of different places. Yes, again. It can make your bones move. Yep. It can move your organs. Yep. It can it can make it difficult for you to walk. It can yep. be sticking. You know, you can get feet in inside of your body going into your back. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of things <laughs> that can happen. Yes, again. When you have a living being encased inside of your body. <laughs> yes. And we don't. I mean, like you keep saying, we don't want to have the conversation around what that actually really means and what that. Ex- experience is actually really like right and i think for men patriarchy comes into it because it's like there's this expectation for women to hold up a certain standard right and so no matter what's going on in your life no matter what type of medical condition you have going on no matter if you're pregnant no matter what is affecting you in your life no matter your mental state no matter anything you have to you know hold up to this standard and if you don't meet that standard then something is wrong with you right and so inherently, the pretty pregnancy phenomenon, this idea that we have this kind of, we're taking for granted the work that pregnant people do, specifically black and pregnant people, it's inherently misogynistic. It's inherently patriarchal. And it's just another one of those things that we don't want to talk about and that we brush under the rug when it comes to being black and adult and moving throughout the world in these bodies. Right. Right. Like what you hear? You can find my mom and dad, a.k.a. That Black Couple, on the web at thatblackcouple.com. You can find them on Facebook at That Black Couple, and you can find them on Instagram and Twitter at That BLK Couple. If you have questions or comments about the show, email them at thatblkcouple at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back. Hi. So now it's time for the reflection. And on this Pretty Pregnancy episode, I really wanted to start off the reflection because as a father of three, Mm -hmm. um, I have watched a lot of pregnancies. I have seen (laughs) 
very pregnant states. Um, I've seen all that comes along with that. And like I said, so in thinking about this episode, one of the things I thought about was people say that you're both pregnant. And I was like, yeah, I'm pregnant too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I meant it as a joke. And I meant it because, you know, as my partner, you were going through things and I was always there as your support system. So if you if you were eating cookies at, you know, two in the morning, I was up baking the cookies. And yes, then you I, were. And then I was eating them with you, especially knowing that you only would eat on the outside, which meant I was eating all the insides of the all the edges, cookies. That I made. The right. edges of the cookies are the best part. That's just a fact. To you, but that that meant I was actually <laughs> eating more cookie than you were. Yes. Even though I didn't want them. Yes. <laughs> so... You know, I would I would say, oh, I was I was pregnant too. You know, I was up with you when you when you weren't feeling well, or if you needed help, or if, you know, whatever. If you if you were too tired, you needed to lay down, and I, I was getting you food and, and drinks, and you know. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I was like, oh, I'm pregnant too because we were going through the pregnancy together. And <laughs> looking back, that's one of the mess, mo- most messed up things you could probably say to someone mm-hmm. because you don't have an actual child mm-hmm. that you are carrying within the confines of your own body. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that happens a lot of times, I think, with men where we're in these relationships and we just act like like everything is even and everything is the same. And, you know, we go through the same process and, oh, you're pregnant. You know, you're eating a lot and you're tired. Well, you know, I'm tired, too. And so, you know, I'm eating a lot and I'm gaining weight. So, you know, that's all the pregnancy is. And we're that is it is not the same thing. And we need to stop acting like it's the same thing. We need to stop acting like pregnancy is some type of lightweight experience to go through because it's not. And I think whenever we do that, it just undermines your partner in all of the trials and tribulations that they're going through. Right. And it also, I think, cheapens the experience. Because even though when we talk about pregnancy and we talk about how sometimes it's pretty and sometimes it's not, Mm -hmm. there's there's all these different sides to it. If we kind of steal steal the effort of that and act like oh well, I'm going through the same type of, of experiences as you are, then it just it takes all of all of the value out of it. it. It cheapens someone else's actual real life experience and that's not fair. Right. We have to stop we have to stop doing that to people. We have to stop treating people as if the the things that they go through and the way that they feel is not as valid or or not as important or not as deep or meaningful as it actually is. Right. We have to take people at their word and really value that and respect it. Right. And I think that if we really valued women you know, and I keep saying this again, not on the gender binary, but since people continue to see pregnancy as a women's issue, when we talk about pregnancy, we are often talking about ideas and ideologies that have to do with the way that people feel about women. But people continue to see women as, you know, weaker, as not as hardworking, as inherently somehow less virile and less able-bodied. And yet here a lot of women are, and other people with uteruses are carrying children. Right. The the proof is right in front of your face. Right. <laughs> and you just choose to, to ignore it. Right. And so there's a certain cognitive dissonance. And I think that's what you're getting at. And so I have to think about like, I've had some really terrible experiences during my pregnancies, like really horrible ones, really horrible experiences, specifically with heterosexual cisgender men. And, and also with some like cis heterosexual women too. And I remember when I was pregnant with my third child, the second or third child, and I was at church and I was exhausted. I think I was like six or seven months pregnant and my pregnancies don't usually go well. 
they are rough. Yep. Lots of bed rest involved, vomiting a lot. And I was exhausted. And I had trudged into church that day and like was just thankful that my shoes match and my face was clean. I don't think I had makeup on or anything. And I already had a child, you know, and so I was like tired. And right. I think there was another woman at church who was pregnant. I think one of my sorrows was actually pregnant with her first child. And this guy's looking at her, and she was dressed to the nines, but she's always dressed like that. Like, her hair was laid, yeah. her makeup was done, her outfit was popping, her shoes, like, she had on heels. And I'm 6'4", I don't wear heels anyway. Anybody who knows me, who's ever seen me knows, I don't wear heels. So this was already stupid. But then he looks at her and is like, oh, look at her. She got on heels, and she pregnant. Oh, look at her. And then he looks over at me like, oh, you got on heels too? And looks over at my feet like, oh, you ain't got no heels on. And somehow I was trying to like diminish my like my presentation because I wasn't wearing heels. And it irritated me so bad. And I'm like, I'm so glad that I am in the house of the Lord right now. Because I would cuss <laughs> no, your he, black he ass been out. Glad. I was so irritated with that. Because I'm like, first of all, ain't neither one of us with you, right? So neither one of us, neither her nor me, is in a relationship with you random cis heterosexual guy so why the fuck do you care what either one of us is wearing to church exactly right neither one of us is carrying your child so you should not even be concerned about what we have on our bodies that's the first thing the second thing i'm like why are you sitting here comparing two pregnant women to each other what the fuck is wrong with you we're not objects. We're not fungible. We're not accessories. Like, we're not here for your entertainment or pleasure. Like, nobody came up in this church today like, hey, I'm wondering what this random sis that do things about my shoes. Like, nobody did that. So, it, it just, it hit me in that moment like, wow, y'all niggas really be out here thinking that women's bodies are like baseball cards. Yep. Like, we Pokemon got cards. Like, we out here like, oh, I got this Charizard. You know? <laughs> Like, what are you doing? Like, no, that's not that's not what we're doing. And it, it just, it, it bothered me so much because I'm like, I'm out here. My ankles is swollen. I'm tired. I'm thirsty as fuck. I've been sitting in this church all this time. And you over here looking at my shoes? Well, and the other thing is, right, so he's making this comparison between the two of you, right? And, yeah, you said she, her makeup was done. Her hair was laid. And her her, her outfit was popping. And, and she had them heels on. But we have no understanding of whether or not she was actually really comfortable. Right. What, how she actually felt inside her body at that moment. How much it took for her to even, like, get to church and look that way. We don't, we don't know if she was throwing up her whole breakfast before she got there. Right. We don't know how many hours of sleep she got. And so it's like the, the fact that we're, we're judging two pregnant women. Well, she got this dress on and you don't. So you below. You, I mean, and you know what? What also hit me about it was that I think you and I talked about it after it happened. And I thought and we talked about how they were actually much older than us, that pregnant couple. Yeah. They were much older than us and it was their first child and they had lots of money. And like we were not balling and we're still not balling. Nope. And so I was like that also to me was very classist that he was looking at her that way and like comparing her to me. And I think she has to be at least 10 years older than us. And I think she like is a stay at home mom now and her spouse is the primary like head of household. So they got paper like that. And that's cool. That's your life or whatever. But we're not going to sit here and do no baseline comparisons. Exactly. Especially not in, in church. 
Like, what are you? That, 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 and that's honestly, that's part of the reason why a lot of young people stop going to church because it's shit like that. Because you want to sit there and shame this pregnant woman, you know, me, younger pregnant woman, by comparing her to these older, this older pregnant woman who's having her first child later in life. You know, like that was to me, that was really fucked up. But then also, even after I had a child, I think it was after my second child was born, and, um, you know, I had recently joined my sorority. And I was going to like a gala and it was a dress up gala and they wanted you to wear a certain color and a certain outfit and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, I had a baby six months ago. My body is not looking like I'm used to it looking. Things are leaking and I'm not able to really fit into my clothes like I'm used to. Right. Right. And so I get to the gala and obviously I have my baby with me because I'm baby, I'm breastfeeding her. Right. Right. And so when I get to the event, I remember, I specifically remember this soror walking up to me like, oh, well, you don't have on the right colors. And I was like, well, I have on some of them. <laughs> <laughs> you got what you got. Look and that's right how here. Get. Look right here. I see the color right there. <laughs> and she was like, no, you're supposed to be wearing all. Well, listen, um, I had a baby six months ago and I'm breastfeeding my baby and I really just can't fit all my clothes. And she looks at me and, and says, oh, well, your line sister has on the right colors. And again, I'm like, ooh, Jesus. I had to, like, go to God in prayer. Because I'm like, <laughs> you know how you be wanting to choke a bitch? Like, you just be really sitting there like, ooh, I don't want to choke you so bad. I just really want to choke like you. Just like Issa Rae on Insecure when she has those monologues Yeah, in the when she'd be flashing and she'd be like, I'm going to kill you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just was sitting there like, is she really sitting here comparing me to a completely different person? I don't fucking care what my line sister is wearing. I don't have her body, nor her wardrobe, nor her paper. She's also like 10 years older than me and has lots of money and, you know, probably already had that outfit and could fit it or whatever. We're also different sizes. So I don't fucking care. And so it it, it was one of those things where I'm like, this was also a person who I'm not sure that she actually has been pregnant before. So I wasn't sure that she actually understood like- right. I had a baby, a person came out of my body. My waist and things are not the same size and dimension as they were before this well, pregnancy. And, and you're breastfeeding. And so I'm you, breastfeeding. You can't so just I, wear anything. I can't. And I have to wear certain bras. When you're breastfeeding, you have to wear certain bras. You can get away with wearing other bras, but it's very cumbersome and very difficult. You have to have a certain neckline so that you can either pull the shirt down or unbutton it so that you can have a baby who can actually breastfeed, right? Or if you're pumping, then you have to make sure that you have the milk with you. Like it's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff involved when you have a six month old baby that you're trying to take care of. And so that to me, like that, that's one of those things where I like, I wish people were more available to these types of conversations, to understanding that pregnancy really is not a performance it's not a show. It's not something that people are doing for your entertainment. It's not something that people are doing for you to consume them and to like trade them like Pokemon cards. Like that's not really what we're out here doing. Like it's some real shit. It's some real shit. And I often feel like unless you've really like been pregnant or been in very close proximity to pregnant people, it's really not something that you really truly understand how difficult going through all of that is right. and it's frustrating because i don't like saying shit like that like i always feel like that's like a oh well you'll understand when you're older or you'll understand when you're pregnant or i don't like saying that but i also am aware that i've walked through the world as a pregnant person for a number of years 
And as a person who either just had a baby or is like trying to get pregnant. And that was like a decade of my life had was around some type of reproduction. You know, my whole 20s was basically pregnant or, or just had a baby. Right. And the types of ways people spoke to me and treated me is like, it's, it's subhuman. You know, people who are like, well, it's not my fault you got pregnant. I'm not getting my seat on the bus. And I'm like, wow, you're a piece of shit. Well, and I mean, to your point, like you, you hate saying, oh, well, they don't get it because they haven't had the experience. But you really, you really don't get it unless you've had that experience. And it also, it also speaks to a real educational problem that we have in this country where we only speak about pregnancy in certain terms. Right. And we don't we don't give people the full picture of what pregnancy is like. And I'm not sure it's just this country, though, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, I, I think, I mean, misogyny is global. Mm-hmm. And any blackness is global. Universal. So misogynoir is global. Right. And it's really unfortunate because what the real truth is that, I mean, a lot of people just hate women. And they synonymize women with pregnancy. And as long as we see pregnancy as something that women do, it goes for the abortion conversation too, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we have all these people now doing demonstrations, these these like anti-abortion demonstrations, these pro-life demonstrations. And it'll be straight, you know, cis heterosexual white men out there. Like, save the kids. No abortion. And I'm just looking like, what the fuck? Like, you don't see me out here, you know, protesting when they're trying to close down the local, you know, golf. pub. Right? <laughs> like, fuck that Irish pub. That's not my business. Like, y'all handle that Irish pub. If they want to change, like, the new rules on how many holes you have when you go play golf, like, maybe now it's going to be 19 or some shit. That ain't got nothing to do with me. That's not my business. That's not, that's not on me. Like, if they decide that the white people are going to start using seasoning, y'all have that convening. <laughs> <laughs> right they they going they going to need some some delegates if they say listen the green bean casserole we're no longer using those dried up onions we're going to use fresh onions <laughs> that's their decision that's for them to talk about you're a mess <laughs> that has nothing to do with me so why the fuck are you talking about abortions and you don't even have a uterus i will never understand i will never i will never understand how people with no uterus are sitting here telling people with uteruses how to decide what to do with them. We could go on this for hours. For hours. But I mean, it's the same thing with like menstrual cycles where people just like, too bad. Listen. Roll on with life. When I saw that dude that was like, you need to take care of your menstrual cycle. You can turn that stuff off and take better <laughs> care of it when you're at work. I was like, you know what? <laughs> we are failing as We're a country. We are failing as a country. We are failing as a country. And if nothing else, if nothing else, this needs to be a conversation. If we cannot have serious conversations about reproductive health in this country, because it affects all of us, the ways that we talk about birthing children, the ways that we talk about raising children, the ways that we talk about abortion and menstruation, things like that. We have people who are getting fired because of their menstrual cycles, like this is a responsibility that should be taught along with all the reproductive education that we're teaching. Exactly. All of this stuff should be taught simultaneously. And as long as we see this as, ooh, icky, and oh, pregnancy is a women's issue, we don't touch that subject, then we're not going to actually see any progress here. And we're going to continue to see the same issues and narratives arrive, arise. And people are going to continue to think that this is a matter of opinion. And it's not. Like the ways that we treat pregnant people, it's not about opinion. It's about the real life and the real lived experiences of people who are walking through this world with uteruses and actually have to get around with these fuckers who don't know what the hell uteruses do. 
Exactly. Y'all, this has been a great episode. Thank you for joining us so much. I want you to make sure that you are looking for more episodes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Also look for us on Google Play because we are up there. You can find us on Instagram and you can find us on Twitter at That BLK Couple. You can find us on Facebook at That Black Couple and on the web at ThatBlackCouple.com. Bye.